0: A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speed. And we're back with exciting news. Yes,
1: we are now professional. We have a sponsor for the show, which is awesome for us, but even more
0: awesome for you. Indeed, because who doesn't love a sweet, sweet online shopping discount code. And in this case, it's an online shopping discount code that gets you delicious coffee delivered to your doorstep. From our good friends, Prism Coffee, who are four Canberra lads who I've known for a while, uh, who've all worked in and around the specialty coffee industry for some time now, and now uh, out on their own, they've got a roaster, they're roasting beans, uh, and just generally kicking ass with delicious coffee. So,
1: John, how do the people get this amazing discount you speak of?
0: Go to their website, which is prismcoffee.com.au. Pick from the couple of different blends and some single origins that they've got. You can get it ground. You can get it in whole beans if you prefer to grind your own. They've got all of the options. Uh, and then you use the code Coffee in the discount bit of the shopping cart. And uh You'll get a sneaky 10% off and it'll rock up on your doorstep in some amount of time. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think they express post everything. So hopefully quickly.
1: Perfect. Amazing. Well, and that's t- it. Without further ado, here's He's, the episode. Yeah. Presented Enjoy. by Thomas Lilly and John and Baby crying in the background, not included. Which means we're back for another episode a of. A very special episode. Peak speak, a very special episode. We are. Possibly the greatest podcasters of all time.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're possibly a lot of things, so <laughs> and probably not, not a lot of things. Yeah, that's not the most incorrect statement you've ever made, but uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll run with it.
1: Hundred thousand downloads. Thank you very much to all our listeners 000. for
0: getting us to this point. Yeah, man, I um, watching Sam send us those uh, screenshots every day. <laughs> and I think I just happened to get up earlier the following day and see the hundred thousand pop up because it was like the first thing I checked. It was great. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like. The last two episodes, of the bench ones, we put our best foot forward to like drive the the listenership yeah. up a little bit. So, yeah. uh, thank you so much, listeners, for downloading. Be prepared yes. for uh, some really shitty episodes from this yeah. point. Well, we <laughs> yeah, now We've, bu- we've peaked. <laughs> <We're busking laughs> we bask in our through. glory.
0: Yeah, and we burn through our uh, pile of rubbish ideas for episodes <laughs> to just get some filler between now and when we shoot for one hundred fifty thousand.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nah, I'm going to treat this like novice powerlifter. We've hit a hundred thousand. Next up, one million. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Righto, buddy. Let's get to one ten first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, one hundred one would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh. God, a million! That seems like such a long way away. But then I think if you'd told either of us three and a half years ago that you'd hit a hundred thousand downloads at some point, we probably would have laughed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And if you told us we had a sponsor, Prism Coffee Co. Peakspeak oh, Coffee
0: for a sick ten percent discount, yeah, we probably the also with would have laughed. Non, uh, it's actually Peakspeak. They've changed the. Code. Oh, they've changed it. It's Peakspeak. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, Peakspeak. One word because uh, it's simpler because we understand that you our lovely audience are also power lifters, and so letters are maybe not your strong suit
1: that's essentially just a cop-out for us not having to type out Peakspeak coffee which is really hard
0: yeah you're not wrong
1: what <laughs> <laughs> we put instagram posts up
0: yeah um
1: i want to hear about this car story
0: yeah so uh for those of you who are following along at home. I'm in the process of trying to buy a new car, a new new second-hand car, new to me. Anyway, uh, I am in the market for a Triton, a Mitsubishi Triton, because I want a ute to go camping and increase my levels of toxic masculinity in my life. Uh, (laughs) And, yeah, so I've I've been looking for a while, fucking around with the bank, as it turns out, um, organising finance when you're self-employed, in an unprecedented period of uncertainty is just generally a pain in the ass. Um, So that's been going on for like two weeks or three weeks, and then we finally got approval, and uh, so I contacted one of the three people that I had lined up for cars that I was interested in, and this guy had listed an ad on autotrader.com.au, which is like car sales, it's just one of those sort of websites, and. it was a, a twenty fourteen Triton listed for sixteen and a half thousand dollars, which was very cheap and um, looked pretty good. And so I contacted him, uh, and one of the things that the bank needed in order to finalise the loan was a copy of the current the current registration papers for the car. And when I asked him for that uh, via email, because he didn't have a phone number linked to the ad, which in itself didn't throw any major red flags initially, but in hindsight, certainly does. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I'm not providing any papers until you um, pay a deposit. I was like, I, again, I was like, oh, like uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this, but okay. Uh, I'll, like, I'll, I'm willing to pay a small deposit. Okay. So I said, okay, so what sort of deposit are you looking for? And he said, 50%. And I went, mm, okay, <laughs> um, that, that's probably not actually a real ad. Great. So in the interest of keeping myself entertained, I played along. and uh, i was like i i'm not in a position to pay a 50 deposit because i'm like financing the car uh he then asked like okay so what what would you pay as a deposit which again i was a bit sus on and um so i asked some questions i was like uh like can you confirm that it's registered what state is it registered in uh and something else and in the meantime, I paid the $2.20 or whatever it is to run a VIN number check or a VIN check uh, on the VIN that was listed in the ad which said it had a security interest in it which just means like someone's, yeah. like it's a leased car or whatever. Uh, and I asked him if it was under finance or leased at all and he said no. So that again was like, okay, cool. You're just stacking evidence against you at this point. And um, yeah, then I... Uh, I ran the rego check in New South Wales, which is where the car was listed, and uh, it didn't return any results. It turns out it was registered in WA. Uh, So I reported all of this to the website last night, like 6.30 or something. I just quickly filled out the form, threw all the details I had in. And um, yeah, within 12 hours, they'd pulled the ad down because it was clearly a scam. The dude's (laughs) email address, like the the website for the email address didn't exist so he's clearly using like a spoof email address and yeah yeah it's it's just the first time i've seen something at at that level but i do think you'd have to be a bit of a fucking idiot to fall for someone paying a 50 percent deposit on a car i hadn't actually seen
1: yeah (laughs) jesus that's cool yeah so um, that's gutsy i i have a lot of respect for this person yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it's it's definitely it's a way to do things because, like, the car I am going to buy uh, is in Wagga. So I'm buying it, not necessarily sight unseen, but I am like, getting a third party inspection and doing it properly that way, which I would have done for this other one. But to expect anyone to pay a 50% deposit on a car, like, I don't, I would have gone for, like, okay, like, pay 25%. And then you just run the scam twice and you get the same amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I like I think anyone who doesn't balk at a 50% deposit on a car, a private sale car is um yeah, it probably deserves to be scammed.
1: Man, a 50% deposit on fucking almost anything. <laughs> yeah, it's not a deposit. You just paid half. You just like, paid half up for exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was that was an interesting uh, aside to what's been overwhelmingly a frustrating process. But yeah. it looks like I've got one lined up and hopefully by the next time we record I'll have a new card. yeah it is I'm just fucking sick of it I made this decision like three months ago and I just have been waiting for it all to happen and so it's just one of those things that's just there constantly and I'm thinking about it the whole time and fucking checking car sales every day and yeah yeah, I'll just be glad to be over with
1: (laughs) for sure for sure Uh, so yeah here's something interesting I uh just just while you were talking someone has sent me this thing um and I normally wouldn't wouldn't interrupt our podcast to, to look something up but uh I've mentioned on this podcast before but no one probably remembers I'm I'm fortunate enough to not have had many massive dramas in my gym um and I've only had to kick out and ban one person from the gym and someone just sent me a news article. Uh, it's dragging powerlifting in the mud, but whatever. Um, the The title of the article, oh, I should probably not say it because it's going to identify this person. Um, anyway, this powerlifting insert uh, profession here um, has uh, been working during their isolation uh, after going into state and is now facing up to twelve months of prison or or a 50000 $50, dollars fine. So.
0: Ah, there we go. Oh my god! Send me that link, please.
1: Turns out that person uh, is still
0: off tap. Anyway, um, um, I'm I'm going to need you to send
1: me that link. <laughs> oh, I gladly will. Yeah. Excellent. You want me to do it right now? Well, I'm
0: not going to complain if you do. Okay, I'll, I'll do it right as we speak. Oh, this um, is live podcast action at its finest. <laughs> exactly it's really just about us right now but yeah, us sending well, memes back and forth to each other while talking to each other on a zoom call
1: for our hundred thousand uh view download episode we wanted to chat about ourselves because why not it's our podcast mm-hmm. we'll cry if we want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically just kind of reflecting on the last uh the last three years even though the the podcast has really only been operational from a Viewable, downloadable standpoint for um, like eighteen months. We actually started this thing in two thousand seventeen, in March two thousand seventeen. I mean, um, started's
0: maybe not the word I would use. We recorded <laughs> some discussions. Yeah. I'm not sure started is the way to describe it, but uh,
1: yeah, we recorded two or th- two, two. No, three. we recorded like three. We I recorded think? three, and then I came to Canberra maybe a few months after that. And we recorded another three. Yeah. Um, and then we actually launched the podcast when we uh, recorded the Wilkes episode Wilkes yeah I think
0: so the power of thing drama episode anyway yeah that was I our think of introduction that one. yeah yeah that seems like so long ago. those yeah. first episodes as well like just yeah it seems like a different time.
1: Mm. I always freak out when someone's like, hey, I just started listening to your podcast I'm like whatever you do, don't yeah. start from the start.
0: I don't know, it's a fun journey to see how slightly more professional we are now than we ever have been before. But even that is a stretch.
1: I I got someone message me the other day and be like, you know what you guys should do? You should make videos of the podcast and put them on YouTube. And I was like, well, if you search YouTube, actually, you'll find that we did this and got extremely frustrated with it. A, because my camera could only do 15 minutes at a time. It's yes. constantly cutting out yeah. and it was just a
0: pain in the ass and so much work for Sam. Yeah, yeah. It ended up just being way much more, way more work for uh, our constant godsend that is our media team. Yes. Uh, Praise Sam. We couldn't have got to this point without you. Yeah, we <laughs> certainly not. Uh, we'd still just have six episodes of a podcast that's never been released sitting on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and that'd be it. But yeah, I don't. I also don't think we got a ton of listener viewer stuff through YouTube. Most of, I think, our listeners are audio only. Yeah, like we could put up these recording. The Zoom recordings would be easy enough, but they're just kind of
1: not as nice as fancy cameras.
0: Yeah, and they're not as nice because the audio won't be as good. Like you'd still want, <laughs> we'd still need Sam to go through and like put the audio together so that you actually get the full effect of our dulcet tones, not uh, just crappy Zoom audio yeah yeah so here's a broad question for you what
1: what's changed for you between now and then What are the big points that come to mind
0: life powerlifting business or otherwise Uh, point number one I have a child now which I did not when we started recording this (laughs) Um, anyone who tells you that having a child isn't life changing would be lying to you Uh, I don't use life changing in a negative way at all I like overwhelmingly and thoroughly enjoy being a parent but it is definitely a massive change from where i was Mm -hmm. two and a half three years ago uh in a lot of very good ways in some ways that i wouldn't say are bad but certainly there's there's aspects of not being a parent that i miss but that's Mm -hmm. all sort of covered by the fact that actually being a parent's pretty cool um i mean the business has sort of ebbed and flowed uh but grown overall uh I think from a professional standpoint, I feel significantly like more confident but also extremely less confident than I was then because of the power of the dunning- Kruger effect and uh, this idea that you know, I think between now and between yeah now and then, sort of towards the end of last year, I had described it to a few people as I felt like I've finished an apprenticeship like mm-hmm. I, I felt like I've done the work to kind of learn the basics and now I'm ready to like actually start developing more and yeah uh that's been a really enjoyable thing to be a part of Mm -hmm. my own development and and especially it being self-driven i think um for a very long time in my life it's been based around like schooling and things that i'm doing because i've been told that this is the thing that you have to do yeah uh and certainly in the last three or four years I've shifted from like, hey, I, I enjoy doing this thing cause it's fun to like taking it very seriously and this being my profession. And mm. the way I think about it has, cha- consequently has changed. It is a much more thought out process. It's much more about questioning my own thoughts and questioning my biases and, you know, essentially having ongoing arguments with myself about how stupid I am. Um, mm. And that's really satisfying. I'm, I'm very much enjoying that. Uh, I think I've got a long way to go, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you should ever feel like you've got to the point, you're like, yeah, cool, I'm done. Yeah. And if you do, you should probably do something else. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's it seems, like I said, it seems like a lifetime ago, uh, especially given the fact that the last six or seven months has felt like an eternity unto itself. Uh the fluid nature of time is always an interesting discussion when you talk about things like this. Cause you know, three years in the scheme of things doesn't seem like a lot, but I feel like a lot has happened in life in three years. So for sure. yeah, for sure. What, what Did, about you,
1: man? Do you think, sorry, before I answer that, do you think it's more pronounced as you get older, that sort of idea of the fluid nature of
0: time? Like a hundred percent, man. I think it, it, you got to think about it as like a, a point of reference thing. Like, uh, at thirty-three years represents ten percent of my life. At fifteen, it re- represented half that, five percent. Yeah, so uh, it. I think that makes it seem faster and slower. Mm. I've heard it described as like the weeks drag, the days and weeks drag on, but then the years go by like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And I think having. Uh, also been a parent and watched my son develop over the last two and a half years. That also really exposes the fluid nature of time, uh, not just because they change so rapidly in that time. You know, you go, you go from a, a baby that can't do anything to have a child that can, you know, tell me no and shout at me and just generally have a discussion with me and those sort of things too. Yeah. So that itself, the the rapid nature of their development, highlights that. But I also think it um, it puts things into perspective. Uh, like we're, you know, we had an incident where uh, my son hit his head and knocked himself unconscious, and um, like you know, a bit past, essentially became unconscious as I picked him up and it was only out for maybe 10 seconds, but it felt like an eternity. Yeah, uh, And then at the same time, I look back and go, fuck, it's been two and a half years, and it feels like just yesterday that we were like in a panic about bringing a child home, and so we stopped at a cafe and had breakfast on the way home from the hospital because we were just like a bit unsure about what the fuck we're supposed to do when we get this good child home. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I definitely think you get a better appreciation for it as you age, but also life circumstances uh, and things like that will also often highlight how that changes mm. so yeah man what's the change for you? yeah quite a lot sorry I picked a scab now I'm bleeding everywhere <laughs> the best part is all I can see in the video is you just occasionally licking fingers <laughs> and then rubbing on something down. The- I couldn't tell if buddy was in the room <laughs> or, uh, you know, I didn't know what was going on there but uh, I wasn't going to question it yeah <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, like
1: uh, a lot of change has, has changed. I feel like uh, between when we started and now that I've really uh, grown into who I am, as, as sort
0: of cliches that that sounds. Yeah, man, I-, I completely agree. I'm on my side too.
1: Like, I feel like when I was. When I was when we would have started, when I was twenty eight or whatever, I thought the years between sort of twenty and twenty five really started, really shaped me into who I was. Like was my time of becoming an adult. Now that I'm a little bit older, it's very much like those sort of twenty six to thirty years that have really defined who I am. And I feel like in the last three years, without going into uh, much detail, uh, that I've uh, yeah grown into who I am and and become. Uh, okay, with who I am a lot more than I ever have been, um, yeah. Which is kind of liberating and um, oh, kind of yeah, scary man. at the same time. Yeah, scary in the sense that, uh, I guess, uh, like you said, the Dunning-Kruger effect, but less about knowledge and more about just like uh, growth. I feel like mm-hmm. even though I'm, uh, you know, uh, happy with the the path my life has taken and and happy with. Uh, how I relate to myself I feel like I have a tremendous amount of growing um, but that's uh, very exciting you know yeah man. Um, and you know the same thing uh, watching how having a child and how the last three years is, has changed you as well uh, I guess I can see some of that in myself um, you know when you observe someone else change and grow and mature and, and you f- reflect on yourself and you're like oh cool. Fuck, I'm going through that as well. Like it's, yeah. just a, I guess the product of the stage of life that we're both in, and the fact
0: that we both run businesses and everything like that to go with it. Ugh. Yeah, man. And I think that um, that idea of growth being scary is is an interesting one because I, I completely agree. Like I, I feel like I'm more comfortable now as I'm about to turn 32 than I was at 30, than I was at 26, than I was at mm-hmm. certainly was at fucking 18, uh, and. Uh, again like being a parent has taught me that like really no one actually knows what's going on like (laughs) the world is just this overwhelming illusion of people like simmering with anxiety below the surface about like fuck is this gonna work is this how it's supposed to work i don't know what happens when i do this what if i press that and yeah it's it's it made me realize that like no one really knows what's going on so as long as you kind of try your best and you have good intentions and all of those sort of things then um then it'll it'll generally work out. It won't always for sure, but um, but I think that realization that yeah, like I I had now have a few friends in my friendship circle who are also first time parents, and the ongoing discussion that we all have is like, I don't fucking know what we're doing. Like, here, <laughs> here's what we tried. It didn't really work. Yeah, try something else. And where's, uh, where's the fucking manual when you need it? Yeah, exactly. And that's the <sighs> the fascinating thing I think about growing as a person is that you've recognized that there isn't a manual. And Mm. especially for people like us, I think we are very fortunate, but also, uh, you know, not fortunate because of luck, but fortunate because we had the capacity to choose to be in the position that we are in. For sure. uh, That allows us a very unique perspective on that because it Mm. is very much like your growth your development is entirely self-driven because Mm -hmm. there's no supporting system that's going to, you know, be in a position to slowly push you up the corporate ladder of whatever it is that you're doing for a living. And I think that in itself makes it terrifying. Uh,
1: I like the term you use self-driven rather than self-made because I I definitely wouldn't identify as like my business or who I am as being self-made. I think there's been a lot of external influence and a lot of external guidance. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Self-driven like that sort of intrinsic drive to uh, continue to grow, uh, I feel is important. Uh, yeah. And I think it's also important to clarify, like saying the growth aspect, w- whether it's life or business or whatever, is scary. Um, not in the context of like watching horror movies scary, like not in the context of scary to the point you don't want to do it. It's a good scary, right? It's, it's yeah. It's like doing a, a bungee jump or a roller coaster. You, you might have the fear the, of
0: it, but you got to go ahead first. This is the thing about fear. There's a great quote uh, from the book June. Uh where he talks about uh, fear of being a mind killer and that you must allow fear to to come through you and pass uh, to come towards you and pass through you. Uh, and it's sort of one of those things that's always resonated with me is this idea that most of what you're doing in life should be scary. I think uh, that's why I've always drawn such, Strong parallels between squatting really heavy and <laughs> life, like because uh, I think you know, I've I've done some heavy squats in my time, uh, and it, it's like I've I've never claimed to be fearless. I don't think I'm a particularly brave person when it comes to that sort of thing. I think I have the ability to accept the fear for the emotional response that it is because I don't think you should seek to be fearless. I don't think Mm. you should be avoiding fear in the same way that I don't think you should be uh, avoiding discomfort. I think that the ability to recognize fear as an emotion uh, or an emotional response and then your ability to assess the situation and act accordingly is the thing that makes it super powerful. I think, you know, I'm a parent who owns their own business. uh, In a world that I like, I still feel like I'm very much at the infancy of learning and understanding the mechanics of what I do for a for a profession, and it's fucking terrifying. Um, Yeah, but not in a way that paralyzes me and and prevents me from acting. In a way that drives this, like I've described it as like an underlying anxiety before. But again, not in like there's a lot of negative connotation with that. I think Mm -hmm. I I certainly function best in a relatively high stress high pressure environment and so i actually kind of need a little bit of that in my life i think if i'm too comfortable um i'm unlikely to get much done and so i think there's an element of being scared of exposing yourself to risk and, and like calculated risk risk uh that you can learn a lot about in an environment like the gym that I think you can then carry over into life in general Mm -hmm. Um, because the gyms are ultimately a a very safe and protected and comfortable environment that you can uh, choose to be very uncomfortable in and to place yourself in situations that you get to choose, which means when you're faced with things that you don't get to choose, like your business being shut down by the government for 12 weeks, (laughs) um, you, you have more of a... Or a less of an emotional response and more of a, a somewhat analytical approach to like okay well this sucks and i'm like a little bit anxious about what it's gonna become but i know that i can act in these sort of situations
1: yeah that that aspect of being able to choose and being able to play with that fear is so important because it's 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 kind of a. Um, a natural selection process in terms of like, you can find out what you really have. You have the choice to push to that to that level to find out how uncomfortable you can be and what you can really handle. Um, and I don't know, I feel like diving headfirst into running your own business is very much like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, um, uh, I feel like I can speak for both of us on this. Uh, we didn't come into our businesses in a very privileged state, Like, it's not like we were rolling in money or we had massive investors help us out or anything like that. Both of us really started with next to nothing and put out everything into, you know, starting these things and then have put in the consistent hard work to make them grow into what they are. Yeah. Um, and that's not to take away from you know I've got plenty of friends who came into business with lots of money or lots of help. It's this not to make take any away from necessarily. Yeah, it's it's not to take away from those people, um, but you know it's what you're talking about in terms of fear and in terms of you know choosing how uncomfortable you can be. Uh, I feel like that's perfectly uh, the lifting analogy is perfect when when
0: we're comparing it to our businesses and, and how we've run them over the years as well. Um, yeah, man, and also I think that. Looking back on it, I wouldn't change the way I started the business no at all way. because I have learned so much in the last six and a half, seven years that um, I, there's no way I would have learned had I had the money to do things in the more professional and proper way. Yeah, you know like there are there are elements of owning a business that we've like i've bootstrapped because i didn't fucking know what i was doing there's a whole bunch of stuff that i could have just paid people to do for me or spent the money to do and potentially the end result would have been objectively uh, a superior option but um i think you lose a lot in in what you learn through that process Mm. uh and i mean i've i've again i think i probably speak for both of us i've made some mistakes (laughs) i've I've made some pretty significant mistakes um what's your favorite mistake what's my favorite mistake yeah and
1: i I put it in those terms because like we can sit here and look back on those mistakes and see how i've learned and grown and and, and changed because of them so
0: (laughs) Um, my favourite mistake is actually the thing that kicked the whole thing off was that when I was contacted to, about uh, opening PTC Canberra, uh, which ultimately became Burley Strength, uh, I, I basically said yes to an unpaid job uh, <laughs> without consulting my partner at all. <laughs> I said yes and then told her that was what I was doing. Um, we had a fucking huge fight about it. And, uh and I regret not consulting her for how it made her feel. Mm-hmm. I don't regret at all saying yes mm-hmm. from the start because I think she's good enough at talking me out of things to have talked me out of it because she's slightly more risk-averse than I am. Yep. Uh, whereas I'm the sort of person that's like, fuck yeah, this is a good idea. I've, it feels like the right decision in my gut. Let's just fucking do it and we'll see what happens. And like ultimately, it, it's kind of worked out. But mm-hmm. um. I, I regret, from a relationship standpoint, I regret the way I, I approached that decision. Mm-hmm. And it certainly taught me some lessons about communicating with my significant other uh, that perhaps I wouldn't have learned otherwise. But um, yeah, we've been dating for nearly 11 years and now we have a child, so it's it's worked out for the most part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably the most glaring mistake that I made that you know isn't really a business mistake, but is the sort of mistake that could kill a business pretty easily, yeah. and especially a business like ours that relies on you know one person basically. So if mm-hmm. it all goes to shit, then it goes to shit pretty fast. Yeah, for sure. What about you?
1: Um, nobody take this the wrong way, but <laughs> I, I think my favourite mistake um, is opening PTC Gold Coast, and I mean that because. I was desperate to open a gym on the South side of Brisbane, where I lived then and still live. I live in the same place that I did 10 years ago. Um, and <laughs> and the, the only way that you're allowed to open a PTC uh, back then on, on the agreement was it had to be one hour or a hundred kilometers away from the nearest PTC, which was PTC yeah. Brisbane. That's because everyone always asked me, why did you open down the coast if you live in Brisbane? um that's why i opened on the gold coast so i had no connections on the gold coast no concept of what running a business meant It's certainly not what running a gym meant no skills i wasn't a pt or a coach or a trainer or anything like that um and i guess the reason why it's my favorite mistake is that i mean it's it's turned into what it is i've, I've mm. got the uh, the only powerlifting gym on the gold coast uh and the because of that I'll never have fear of competition because anyone who tries to open a powerlifting gym on the Gold Coast has to compete with us yeah um, and we're too well established for that to be taken away from us I suppose yeah uh, not only that is like I, it's, it's impossible to measure what being a PTC actually did yes uh, you know on, on th- there's probably a lot of aspects where it helped quite a great deal and maybe you know pushed it to be able to sustain itself eventually and, and grow into what it was by starting out as a ptc uh, so yeah I, I guess that's my favorite mistake because um i could have easily uh, said no and done my own thing and, and started in south side and i um might have been successful might have not been
0: uh yeah yeah, man. I think that, and look, we both had similar stories, right? Started as a PTC and and it has become its own thing, uh, which I think in itself is not good or bad necessarily, but is interesting. I, I think I'm glad that I have a brand that is mine, that yeah. can stand for the things that are mine. And ultimately, as I said to someone mid-lockdown, uh, I, I was always prepared and and still and will always be prepared for my business to fail because I fucked up because mm. I made a mistake because I made a bad decision or a series of bad decisions whatever it may be uh, ultimately I still don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to owning a business uh, and I just try not to make or try and make slightly less stupid decisions each time which I think is slowly working uh, yeah. but I'm glad that I have a brand that I am solely responsible for. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that. I don't think it's for everyone. In the same way that I think owning a gym is not for everyone uh, because there's a lot of work that goes into it that is hard to do if you don't know where you're going. And like looking back on it, people talk about establishing like business values and some of that sort of stuff that... I tried to do early on in the way that i've seen it done like hey here list your five core values and like this is how you should describe it to people and, and I've, it's always felt really gross to me to do it do it like that because it feels really fake and forced um yeah. and, in, and instead i think what i've at least from my own perspective, what I've created is something that reflects my values as Mm. a person and then how that extends to the community of people that now we serve and that sort of thing. And I think that actually makes it a much more powerful tool Mm. because it's something that not just I stand behind, like people support me and stand behind that brand because they believe in what we believe in. And I think trying to do that from the start i think either would have ended up being very rigid and not allowing it to grow organically over the years that it has uh which it would have been ultimately to its long-term detriment i think but um yeah I, i think that the sort of organic development of that idea and that brand has been something i'm like i'm very proud of uh and i'm yeah, especially in the last six months, have realised how much it means to other people. Because like mm. it's always meant something to me because it's mine, but to see how much it's grown and how much it means now to other people is really, really cool. Yeah, uh, and it's it's, it's through sure. times like this where I look around and you know the people that are surrounded, I I surround myself with, in my industry, are people like you who generally have something that mimics what I have, and mm. to see the whole community stand behind people like this who in general people that own gyms like ours work fucking hard for not piles of cash, uh, and lots and lots of stress. And I think it's been really cool to see how everyone sort of stood up and, and, st- you know, stood with us, so to speak through all this bullshit. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a really cool part of that whole thing that I think is easy to miss in the way we- in the weeds of the day to day running of it. Mm. And it, you know, it kind of sucks that it took a worldwide pandemic for it to be really <laughs> obvious, but, um, but it's still cool to look back on and, and, you know, know that we both started in shitty little garage gyms basically that have now developed into things that, you know, someone's going to pay for despite not actually being able to access.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I resonate with so much of what you just said. Like, um, you know, us having had to go or well, not had to go through, but us having gone through, you know, creating, a, an identity, through the conduit of being a PTC initially. um, And it's important for us to to kind of stipulate. No no hate on PTC at all. Like it's been pivotal to both of us. Yep, 100%. Um, Uh, for us uh, sort of finding our identity through what we built in our own PTCs and then being able to translate that into our own brand has been so important to be able to you know maybe we're not writing down our values and and putting out core statements and all that sort of stuff but we you know our brands represent what we believe in in this sport and in this game Um, and you know without that how can you explain that to someone else? How can mm-hmm. you create culture and how can you create community around uh, the shared ideal? Um, and for me, especially now that I have staff, you know, having several staff under me and being able to talk to them and be like, no, we're not doing that because that's not what Zero represents. I can say what Zero represents. I can yep. say what this means to the brand of Zero and why we need to present things in a particular way or do things in a particular way. Because I've learned that over the years through having, you know, a brand that was kind of mine, but not really mine and then forming it into my own thing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's it's extremely special and like you say being surrounded by people in similar positions like fuck when you go to nationals and you know this team Ruchi's gym and they're all about rucci's gym they're like supporting yeah. it to the death this team ptc south melbourne they're all supporting it to the death and there's all these teams like there's several others and including yours and including mine including valhalla including all these other teams uh that have so much um, stock put into this brand uh that like you say, isn't buckets of cash. It's just like loyalty and love and community. And it's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, man. It's, um, it's why it's such a great community to be a part of. And I think it's very easy in the fitness industry to spend a lot of time stuck in the bullshit. Cause there's a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. There is a significant amount of bullshit. Uh, there are definitely people who are acting in bad faith on multiple fronts, in order to just make a buck. And then it's always nice to see that, you know, ultimately places like your gym and my gym and and Valhalla and South Melbourne and all those sort of places, like they're they're not going anywhere because Mm. ultimately what they provide is above and beyond the sum of their parts. You know, like it's, you can have the, and like that's, you know, you mentioned that uh, like powerlifting gyms in Gold Coast is going to have a hard time competing with you and you know you could come into this with a million dollars and you could buy all the equipment and you could have a a fit out that is world class and the thing that you would struggle to create is the the loyalty and the the family-like aspect that comes from you know like the the handful of people we've still got from day who've been around from day one like we reminisce occasionally about like how fucked it was to train in that first gym when we'd stuffed four hundred square meters worth of equipment into a two hundred square meter warehouse <laughs> and you know, with four people in there it felt like there was a hundred and you know and some of that I really miss you know I miss that like fucking intense atmosphere that we used to get in tiny little gyms with ten people and the music up loud on a Friday night and we still get that to a certain extent but it's never the same mm. but not in a negative way. It's just different, you know. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And it's the sort of thing that, like, money can't buy that shit. No. And uh, it, for me, especially in the last six months, it has, looking back on it, has made all the decisions I made about, you know, uh, not pursuing people for joining memberships because they just didn't seem very interested early on. You know, like I'm I'm a terrible salesman because I'm not very good at pursuing people because if you're not bought into the process straight away or not straight away, but if you're not at least willing to accept that buying into the process is part of it, I'm not going to pursue it because I just don't care enough about people who aren't ready to make the decision. So I'm not very good on that front, but I look back on the last six months and go, yeah, well, I'm glad some of those people I didn't pursue I'm glad that there are people that I would not allow back into the gym because they didn't fit with the community. I'm very fortunate to have not had to kick anyone out. Mm. Um, but I tell every single person that joins that we run a strict no dickheads policy, uh, and that there are people who are no longer welcome in my gym. Uh, but ultimately, our community has become so well established and essentially its own organism that we it, it tends to self-filter. Sure. You yeah. know, like which is which is a really cool thing. Mm. to see that through no active effort of my own the community will find its best fit mm. uh, and find a, an equilibrium of, of personalities and stuff that are that's the shit you can't buy that's sure. the shit that that takes years of toiling to Uh, to build and to and to earn you know like I I like to think that people like you and I have earned the trust and loyalty of our members by going above and beyond what would be considered normal Uh, and yeah I I don't think any money can buy that I think only time can buy time and effort can buy that and a lot of people don't want to put in time or effort they just want to answer Mm. it with money yeah
1: yeah yeah Uh, we've um Uh, I've just uh, I've just hired a a marketing crew so I'm I'm paying for marketing for the next three or four months which is something I've never done for my business in any way shape or form it's always just been like maybe do a couple of boosted ads on Facebook from time to time that's the extent of the marketing that I've done Um, and yesterday uh, on Monday I'd, I'd spoken to my staff about like the kind of questions that might come up, like what what are we trying to present with our brand? What are we trying to get this thing to look like? Um, and yesterday we met with the marketing guy for the first time. Uh, and one thing that came up is like, they've, they've done a video for us at the Gold Coast before. Uh, and it captured the Gold Coast gym really nicely. It's on our Facebook page if you guys are yeah, interested. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember watching that. It's a great video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he asked the question. He's like, what, um, you know, obviously you had that really cool community vibe here at, at the Gold Coast. Um, do you have that at Southside? And we're like, well, yeah, we kind of do. And he's like, what well, What needs to change about your gym to, to get that? I'm like, nothing needs to change about it. It just, just needs, needs time. time. Yeah. Like all the ingredients are in the slow cooker. We just got to press go and wait. Um, like, uh, I cannot I cannot believe uh, the gem, the diamond that I have in uh, Daniel who runs the Southside gym. like I, I really um, bought the gym in with him uh, and, and put him in as manager on more of a hunch of like this guy's a really good dude. I think he's going to be a good fit um, and I can't believe the way he stepped up. So I believe that that culture will build faster than it took. Mm. Uh, my culture to build just because i'm not a great people person it's been a skill that i've had to learn um whereas he's yeah he's the king of that community and he's going to really drive really cool culture there but it's just interesting you know they get nights of 25 people in a really small space the atmosphere is wild but uh the culture and community just needs time to develop yep. like i've i've got members that have been there for seven or eight years yeah you you can't everyone knows each other a lot more intimately just because they've been around each other for a longer period of time yeah exactly Um, you're 100 right you can't just set up a facility chuck some people in it and call it a community community is something that develops organically over time you can do as much as you want
0: to to make it grow but you cannot speed up time no exactly and and there's no like any real really obvious shortcuts actually end up being super detrimental to the long-term development of it mm. because people see you for the disingenuous actor that you are. Yep. And ultimately, I think, you know, I, I know there are some people in our space who, and I suspect I put more of my personal values outside of just the fitness industry into my brand than I know you do. Um, but it, it's that sort of thing that I think, regardless of how deep you want to go into that in terms of your own brand versus your own personal views, I think the important thing is that you're authentic through that process, through the mm. whole way. You know, like I I will happily tell you I've made a lot of mistakes and I probably I probably pissed a lot of people off and there are probably people who don't like me for through no fault of their own. Like they don't like me because I made the wrong choices or, or was not a good person. And I... I wouldn't say I regret any of that, but uh, I like to think that I learn from it all, but ultimately it's always come from a place of, like a genuine place of wanting to do what I thought to be best at the time. Uh, and I don't, yeah, I don't think you can fake that. I, I mm. think you can, you can hide it on the surface for a little while. You can say you've got people's best interests at heart, but ultimately time is the thing that's going to, show you to be the person that you really are and um you know you can only keep up the act for so long so if it is an act it's going to drain you really fast if it's just an extension of you as a person then i think you're far more likely to be successful in the long term
1: yeah yeah and i mean that's so true even if who you are as a person isn't great like there's (laughs) there's plenty of communities led by dickheads uh, but you know they they stay stru- true to being a piece of shit and they build a piece of shit community like
0: yeah yeah exactly that's that's the thing i think uh, yeah it's not that you have to be objectively good or bad it's that you just have to be who you are and then yeah you know that like some of those laws of attraction and those sort of ideas kind of seem stupid but also like they hold true in many ways like we've developed communities that self filter because of the strength of the community as a whole mm people realize they don't fit in pretty quickly and they leave. Yeah, And I think that's great because it means they found the place that they don't fit in because ultimately what I want my gym to be is a place that people feel like they're at home. They feel like they fit into that community and they're, they're accepted and part of that regardless of who they are or where they are on their lifting journey or how strong they are or what they look like or anything like that because I don't think any of that is relevant if you're a good person who works hard.
1: Mm-hmm. So where does Burley go from now? Like I, I really hate, you know, where do you see yourself in five or ten years? I <laughs> yeah, hate yeah. that question. But what what is what do you think the future hold holds for
0: Belly? So I I said before that I feel like at the end of last year I feel like I finished an apprenticeship. Hmm. Uh, the sort of next port of call is developing an in house process for developing coaches basically because I'm at a point where I just I don't have enough time for the business to continue to grow and me to continue to do all the work. I had another coach who was working for me uh, for a while uh, who's taken a step back from coaching because he needs a bit of a break. Mm. Um, and I've recognized that I don't want to dil- dilute my brand is the wrong word. but I what I, I've never wanted and never have had, as long as it's been burly, uh, an external personal trainer like someone running their own business renting space mm-hmm. um, I don't like that as an idea because um, I think in in some circles it's done in an incredibly predatory manner You know, places like the big commercial gyms where they're charging exorbitant rent fees and to these people who are subcontractors and therefore are solely responsible for their decisions despite actually just being employees I think that like a lot of people in the fitness industry use it as a way of manipulating young and impressionable people into bad decisions. And not everyone's suited to running their own business. Um, what I've always wanted to develop is like a, a team of coaches that work under the Burley brand and I have rec- i don't know if you can hear my two-year-old screaming yeah. in the background there. Yeah. <laughs> um, normally, I record these at the gym, so it's a little bit different with the background noise at home. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've recognized that while I have my own systems and processes, I don't have a formal process to like run that through. I, I can't necessarily teach it at the moment. So this year, my intention was always to spend my time building that process. Half my year got fucked by the fact that the gym got locked down and everything had to pivot into how do we continue to do what we're doing, but in a very different way. So that's sort of the next big project on the on the cards. Is put that in a position where I'm, yeah, ready to then start taking people through it and, and potentially developing a, a group of coaches so that the gym itself can continue to grow. I think that's the, the real important thing in my mind is that it continues to grow in a way that isn't forced, but in a way that holds true to to what the values of the community are and, and what my values are and also allows there to be room for flexibility and process you know because like the way i coach now compared to the way i coached three years ago i mean fuck, compared to the way i coached six months ago Mm. changes continually because it should be Fucking am stomping through the house (laughs) excellent um yeah because it should continue to evolve it shouldn't be a fixed process it should be an ongoing development and i think uh having the flexibility for that is going to be important in the long term. So, yeah, I'm not in a particular rush to do it. I don't – you know, this isn't something that I'm trying to get done in the next five years because that's where I want my business to be in five years. This is a, like, where do I want the business to be in 20 years mm-hmm. uh, and what are the steps I have to take now to, to put it in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What and about you, like,
1: man? That's, that's no – no easy task. What you're talking about, um, no. I can, I can, As I'm fucking learning every time I sit down to try and do something about it. I can speak true to that because that's what I've you know spent the last four years doing is systemizing my coaching to a way that I can replicate it uh, and teach someone to do exactly what I would do. Yeah, it's really fucking tough. Um, yeah. th- that is what the whole coach development system is. It's taking yeah, that yeah. stuff and teaching people to be mini me's. Um, the hardest thing with that, of course, is that like, just like any profession, any skill, you can teach someone exactly all the tools and the skills that they need to be able to perform this thing, uh, but there's such an element of, of free thinking, of creativity, of, of these extra layers that they come under. And, and uh, the more I do this, the more I w- realize that coaching is so unique because there are so many other aspects that fall out of the technical side of it. In terms mm. of like coaching programming technique that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. you've also got you know human interaction sales you've got fucking counseling you've got physiotherapy you've got all these hats that you temporarily have to wear you have to work out where your skills lie in those regions when to pull out and, and refer out and there's, there's so many layers to it yeah um, in terms of where uh where i go and where zero goes that that's two very different questions where zero goes from here i mean one thing I've been really working on is is maximising separate income streams, uh, so you know when inevitably one is falling down, at least there's others to prop it up. Um, so, growing the gyms is a big priority at the moment. Getting more members. Uh, the fact that i have a second gym blows my mind because that was never ever ever on the cards and ever since opening it i'm like why uh you know everyone's opening oh when when's the third one i'm like no there's not even meant to be a second one forget a third (laughs) yeah yeah but to be honest it's really in in the back of my mind is there going to be more of these things and uh, i i really think the answer is yes at some stage but I'm certainly not looking for it I wasn't looking for the second one so if someone messages me tomorrow and is like hey I've got the perfect idea for a third one maybe I'll be tempted keep that in mind if you want to message me
0: (laughs) slide into Thomas's
1: DMs (laughs) yeah so I I don't know about that but definitely uh, definitely growing growing the gyms is a priority Um, like like with you uh, building a a bigger and broader team of coaches using the zero framework is important to me and, and where I see things going uh, my personal priority within zero is the education space is um, becoming an rto and, and presenting this coach development course with uh, making it a, a little bit more bona fide uh, which we're yeah. in the process of doing and, and that's where which my is a fucking is cool up.
0: thing man because that system in so many ways is fucked yeah yeah for sure absolutely and um Uh, yeah I I
1: don't think it's too far away from from being a reality so that's that's exciting it's just you know the hardest thing is the amount of hours in the day Uh, my capacity to actually be functional in those hours that exist uh, is really getting pushed to the limit sometimes so um, I'm very grateful for the help and the support that I have around me not just from staff and not just from my partner from friends from everyone no, yeah, it's, man, it's cool to be immersed in like you keep saying, an
0: amazing community. <laughs> Sounds like it's almost time for dad duties. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all right. that'll happen in the background. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, look, I think that's a pretty good place to finish. I, I think it sure. is important that we both express our overwhelming gratitude for not just the people that regularly listen to us waffle about bullshit in <laughs> uh, <laughs> on a weekly basis, but also the people that you don't get to see any of. Uh, well, you don't get to hear from the people that we have to we lean on for support our friends our family those sort of things that i know neither of us could do without mm. uh, do what we do without that certainly in the last six months all of that has become evident uh because it's just been a, a most wildly unprecedented time that yeah. either of us i'm sure will will probably ever go through when it comes to business and um yeah, as I've matured, I've recognized the value in the people that you surround yourself with. And increasingly, my circle uh, grows, my tight-knit circle grows smaller and smaller as I recognize that there are people in my life who mean uh, a lot to me, who are in my immediate circle, who are the people that I wouldn't function well without. And um, yeah, it seems like an appropriate time to thank all of those people, except for the fact that I reckon 95% of those people don't listen to this podcast. So uh, (laughs) thanks for not listening, you unsupportive assholes. I'll go
1: further than that. (laughs) 95% of these people actively will refuse and not (laughs) want to listen to this podcast.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, So yeah, I think it makes it funnier to thank them on a platform that they're
1: never going (laughs) to hear. Well, echoing what John said, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Join us next time. Goodbye. Sure.